0: After reading that psalm, Scott said he should have uh, maybe uh, changed the psalm. But the song he opened with this morning was very appropriate for the lesson that we're going to be uh, dealing with this morning. Uh, I know that all of our song leaders from time to time will look at the title that's uh, going to be in the newsletter. They get uh, Jeremy gets a copy of the uh, newsletter and he sends it out so people know their worship assignments. And our song leaders oftentimes will look at the title. And uh, we'll pick some songs that are appropriate for the lesson of the hour. And I believe that's what Scott did this morning when he picked as our opening song, This World Is Not My Home. And we need to be constantly reminded that this world is not our home, that we're just simply passing uh, through. Um, that, That there's nothing in this world that's more important than going to heaven. That we need to appreciate the fact, as the song says, if we, if we miss this opportunity, I just simply don't know what we're going to do. Uh, we need to understand, as all the songs in our songbook tell us, that there is a beautiful place got, called heaven, that I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Uh, that uh, there's a a city that's four square where there is no night there. And because there's no night there, there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more death. Heaven is a beautiful place, a wonderful place, and I hope that every single person here wants to go to heaven. This morning, I want to spend some time, though, talking about this particular subject, and it's simply this: I want to turn this on first. If I miss heaven, if I miss heaven, and to introduce our thoughts this morning, I invite you to open your Bibles to the Book of Hebrews, and we hope that you'll turn to uh, the passage that is located. Uh, Austin read some of it, but I'm going to read a little bit more, beginning in chapter 3 and verse 8. If you would please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. I want you to read with me a warning that was written by the author of Hebrews to make sure we understand how important it is that we don't miss heaven. Now you understand and appreciate the fact that the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrew people. There were Jews who had become Christians who were very tempted to go back to Judaism because perhaps family pressure, because of worldly pressure, uh, because they were so used to being involved in the law of Moses they couldn't understand or appreciate the freedom that they had in the law of Christ. But this is especially brought out in this particular passage as the writer of Hebrews reminds them of their history and how in their history there was a group of people who missed the promised land and how it's so very important that those of us who are now Christians don't miss our promised land. And notice the beautiful way he phrases it, the thought-provoking way he phrases it, beginning at verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 3, when he says, Harden not your hearts, as in the uh, provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. He's saying, don't be like those people who had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until every single one of them died and nobody got to enter the promised land except for two people. Joshua and Caleb. But he says, Harden not your hearts. And then in verse 9, he goes into further explanation. He says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, They shall not enter into my rest. The rest he is referring to there once again is the promised land. Moses had led the people out of Egypt to take them to a special place. The place that God had provided for them. A land flowing with milk and honey. The promised land. But we understand and appreciate the fact that because of their unbelief and that God had really promised to give them that land that when the 12 spies came back, there were 10 of them that says, there's just no way we can do this. We are like grasshoppers in the sight of these people. We don't trust God enough to give us this promised land. And so God said, well, that's the way you're going to be. If you don't have enough faith in me that I can provide this for you, then you're just simply not going to enter into this land that's referred to in the text as rest it's estimated that 2 million people who started that journey out of Egypt never made it to their final destination the promised land sad 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 situation but now listen to what the writer of hebrews as he starts to drive this point home to us when he says take heed brethren Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, why is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if we will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the prov- uh, provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into the rest? but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now he's emphasizing two times now. Don't be like those Israelites who because of their unbelief didn't get to enter the promised land. He reminds us, in verse 12, that we need to take heed that this doesn't happen to us. In verse 13, he tells us that we need to exhort one another daily that this doesn't happen to us. But then he drives the point home beginning in chapter 4. and verse 1, he says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And he goes on and says how unfortunate that would be. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which believe do enter into the rest. As he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished before from the foundation of the world. Basically, the writer of Hebrews is saying we need to be careful that we don't miss the rest that God has provided for us. So this morning, I want to think for just a few moments and discuss just for a few moments the idea about missing heaven. If you miss heaven, it will not be because of the fact that, first of all, this morning, God has not provided a way. If you miss heaven, it won't be because God has not done everything possible to provide a way to make sure that you go to heaven. Over in John chapter 14, Jesus is discussing with His disciples the fact that He is going to be going back to heaven. He has told them that He is going to be put to death. And and of course, His disciples were very upset. They were um, probably crying and they did not want to see Him leave because they wanted Him to stay here on this earth so they could be with Him. But Jesus begins to tell them something that's very important. He told them, He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there, where you, there you can be also. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but the reason why I'm leaving is I'm preparing a very special place for you. And then he says the words in verse 6. He says, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father except by me. Jesus says He is the way. What He wants us to understand in connection to what He says in the first part of that chapter, that He's going to prepare a place for us, there's mansions on that hilltop, there's a place where we're going to receive a robe and a crown. But the only way that we're going to get there is through Jesus Christ. He is the way. But we need to understand and appreciate this morning that if we miss heaven, it's not because God hasn't provided a way. God has done every single thing possible to make sure that you go to heaven. He gave His only begotten Son. Even though we are sinners, He had Christ die for us. His grace is so amazing and His love so abundant that He wants all of us to go to heaven. He's not willing that any of us perish but all of us come to repentance. It's the most amazing thing when you think about the fact that God, in spite of who we are and what we do and what we've been, He has provided a way. So if you miss heaven... That's not because God hasn't provided a way for you to get there. Regardless of your past sins, regardless of your own self-worth or whatever, God has provided a way for you. You can't use that as an excuse for missing heaven. God has provided a way for you. But also, if you miss heaven, it won't be because you have not been invited. You know... There's some places that um, I just simply can't go because I just don't have an invitation. Um, There's some parties I don't get to go to because I wasn't invited. Uh, There's some buildings I can't enter in because I don't have the invitation or the proper credentials. Uh, There's some events I can't attend because of the fact that I've not been invited Folks, if I miss heaven, it's not going to be because I've not been invited. So There's a passage over in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 where Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a universal invitation. This labor of sin, this great weight that I'm carrying, Jesus Christ wants to give you rest. I don't think it's by accident that it's referred to in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 that heaven is a rest. Heaven is an opportunity to have rest from the labors of this world and all the things that hinder us and weigh us down. Each and every one of us have received an invitation. It's open to all men and all women. If you miss heaven, it won't be because you haven't received an invitation. You have been invited. And if you miss heaven, it won't be because you haven't been warned. There's a passage in our Bible over in Luke chapter 16 where we read of a story about a man that was a rich man and a beggar by the name of Lazarus. And don't have time to read the entire story, but the story is supposed to warn us how important it is that we don't miss heaven. You remember how the story begins, how that there was a certain rich man that had everything, and there was a man by the name of Lazarus who was a beggar, and how that both of them died, and Uh, Lazarus was carried off into Abraham's bosom by the angels, and the rich man also died and was buried. And here's where it turns into a warning in verse 23 where it says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Folks, that's not just a story to entertain us. That's not just a story that maybe will make us feel squeamish. This is a story to warn us. We do not want to be like the rich man. We do not want to wake up one day in torment after we died. In other words, the Bible has warned us that we do not want to miss heaven. Over in Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven through nine, Paul makes the statement that one day the angels will come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God and who have obeyed not the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they will be punished with everlasting destruction. Folks, that is a warning. Jesus reminds us in John chapter 8 and verse 24, he says, If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. That is a warning. When Jesus says in Luke 13 and verse 3, Nay, except ye repent, ye will all likewise perish. Folks, that is a warning. Jesus says in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Folks, that is a warning. A point this morning simply is this, is the Bible is full of warnings. If you miss heaven, it won't be because of the fact that you haven't been warned. Page after page of the Bible tells us That we want to go to heaven. We want to spend eternity with the angels and the redeemed of all the ages. We, like this rich man, do not want to wake up in the Hadean realm and torment. Instead, we want to go to heaven. So think about this. If we miss heaven, it will not be because of the fact that God has not provided a way. It will not be because of the fact that we have not been invited. It won't be because of the fact that we have not been warned. Because God has provided a way through His grace, through His Son, Jesus Christ. This invitation is open to everyone, regardless of maybe your past life and regardless of how uh, you don't feel worthy of His forgiveness. And the warnings are all there. Nobody, nobody would want to miss heaven. But let's now think at it it from a different angle. If I miss heaven, it will be basically because of two things. First of all, it will be because of my own indifference. Now indifference is a word that uh, we don't use very often anymore in our speech, but indifference just simply means that Uh, you don't care. It just really doesn't matter to you. I started preaching when I was 30 years old, and I'm not too far away from 60, so I've been preaching for almost 30 years. And when I reflect upon that, I reflect upon the fact that there have been those uh, who in the presence of my preaching have heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon but for some reason, they just don't care. It just really doesn't make any difference to them. Uh, they don't appreciate the fact of how valuable their soul is. They don't appreciate the fact that God has given them the greatest gift that they had ever been able to have, and that is a living soul that never dies. And one day that soul has to return to God either in a safe state or an unsafe state. That soul one day either has to, will either go to heaven or he'll spend eternity in hell. That soul is the most valuable thing they have, but yet after sermon, after sermon, after sermon, after sermon, it doesn't make any difference to them. It's all indifference. They don't understand the value of their soul. There's too many other things they think is more important. As Jesus says in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Indifference, not caring, doesn't really matter to them. It's going to be a reason why people miss heaven. But there's one other thing I want you to think about this morning. And that is, if I miss heaven, it will be because of my own foolish, stubborn pride. There's a story I heard years ago about a woman who came to see the preacher one day. And she said, preacher, I have a sin. A sin that I'm guilty of all the time. A sin that I have a hard time dealing with. And I've come to you today to see if you could help me with it. And the preacher, you know, anytime somebody comes to a preacher and says, I want to tell you something about myself, he gets a little nervous because there's some things a preacher just simply don't want to, doesn't want to hear. But he says, all right, well, share with me how I can help you. Let me know what's going on. And the lady says, well, you know, every single time I come to church, I start looking around the room of all the women there, And I realize that I'm the prettiest woman here. Preacher looked at her and said, Ma'am, that's not a sin. You're just badly mistaken. (laughs) Now, her problem is pride. And, folks, while that's a humorous story, pride is going to cause a lot of people to miss heaven. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we have the story of a man by the name of Naaman. Naaman was a great and powerful man, a very wealthy man, a man who, as far as the world is concerned, had it all. But he had a big problem in his life. He had leprosy. That leprosy was eating up his body. That leprosy was going to destroy him regardless of what he had. And a servant girl told him about a prophet that could uh, heal him of this leprosy. So he went to go see this prophet. And the prophet told him that he needed to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And he'll have everything taken care of. The leprosy will be healed. And Naaman, because of his stubborn human foolish pride, basically said, I'm not going to do that. By the Jordan River, are are there not better rivers over where I live? The very idea that they want me to do that. Very simple request, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Not really asking a lot of somebody, but his pride got in the way of his healing. Now, he had some servants that loved him some servants who cared about him, and and told him, you know, Naaman, this is something you need to do. And Naaman eventually obeyed. He went and dipped in the Jordan River seven times, and he came up that seventh time, and his flesh was all healed. He got rid of that leprosy. The illustration, of course, and the uh, the story becomes an illustration, if you will, because of the fact that that leprosy could represent sin in our life. And as we've already talked about, God has provided a way for us to be healed. But yet oftentimes, our own silly, foolish human pride keeps us from responding to the very thing that will save us. Oh, I I don't need to be baptized. Uh, You know, that's silly, going down into the water, having someone help us to be immersed. Well, it may sound silly, but it's still what God commanded. So many times we let our own uh, intellectual snobbery, if you will. We think we're all so smart, but we're becoming fools because we let our pride get in the way. There's a passage over in Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus says something that we oftentimes miss the point of what he's making. In Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 3, where he says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now obviously the point that could be made is that if we are going to enter the kingdom of heaven, we need to become innocent like little children. And Jesus tells us that we need to be born again in order to do that. But sometimes we miss what he says in verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it's about humbling ourselves. A child is a humble creature because of the fact that children let other people control their lives. Not too many children... The age of my grandchildren, for example, will one day go to their mom and dad and say, well, you know what? I've decided I'm just going to go out on my own. I'm going to start have a job. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to just feed myself. I'm going to take care of everything. No. They understand and appreciate the fact that they can't do it on their own at that age. Or for that matter, even though there is some resistance and some training involved, yet a child eventually will humble themselves and realize that their parents are in charge. Now something happens when they turn into teenagers. I don't know what that switch is, but something changes there a little bit. But at least for a couple years there, they understand and appreciate that their parents are in charge. And that's what Jesus is wanting us to understand. If we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, then we need to humble ourselves and realize that we're not in charge, that we can't make it on our own, that we have to have the blood of Jesus Christ and the love of our Father which is in heaven. You don't hear a whole lot of sermons on pride, but did you know that pride and some form of it, there's warnings against it? almost 200 different times in the Bible, pride is going to cause a lot of people to miss heaven because they are not humble enough to admit that they are wrong, humble enough to admit that they need the blood of Jesus Christ, and humble enough to admit that they can't do it on their own. If I miss heaven... It will be because of the fact of my own indifference, my own foolish, stubborn pride. There's a song in our psalm book that illustrates what I'm trying to get us to understand and appreciate this morning. It simply goes, Careless soul, why will you linger, wandering from the fold of God? Hear you not the invitation. Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Why so thoughtless are you standing while the fleeting years go by and your life is spent in folly? Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Careless soul, oh, heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet your God. If you miss heaven, it will not be because God has not provided a way. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, God has provided a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and willing to repent of your past life, willing to confess the name of Jesus that He is the Son of God, and be willing in a humble way to allow yourself to be buried in the watery grave of baptism, You can have forgiveness of your sins. You can spend eternity with God, Jesus Christ, and the redeemed of all the ages. There is a way. Also, you need to understand that this invitation is open to all. Regardless of who you are, if you understand and appreciate that you are a sinner and that Jesus Christ died for you, then the invitation is yours. And you need to understand and appreciate the fact as we study God's word, there is warning after warning after warning that you do not want to spend eternity in the place that's been prepared for Satan and his angels. Please, don't let your indifference this morning keep you from responding. Please, don't let your pride keep you from responding this morning but instead understand and appreciate that Jesus Christ said I am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh to the father except by me this morning if you're a Christian it would also be a good opportunity for you to check your faith faith is what kept the Israelite people out of the promised land they said God he can't do it for us he can't he can't get us to the promised land. He can't conquer those things that are in that land that he says that he can. We just don't believe him. The parallel today as we extend the invitation is those of us who are Christians, sometimes we don't have enough faith in God that he can get us to the promised land and therefore we sometimes give up and we let that foolish human pride take over once again. So we hope today as we extend the invitation that this has been faith building for you because we do want to enter into that rest. Won't you come as together we stand and sing?